Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris, and this, of course, is Real Estate Coaching Radio, your source for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action, make you money in this new real estate boom. And, you know, I haven't drilled down on this in a while, but, guys, we are absolutely positively in a new real estate boom. I'm hearing from all my coaching clients and all of our coaches' coaching clients that the momentum is building this time of year, whereas in the past seven to eight years it's actually dropped like a rock. What am I talking about? For the last seven or eight years, up until last year, it was this time of year when all of a sudden all of our coaching clients were going, Coach Tim, Coach Julie, what the hell happened? My showings have dropped off. The days in the markets are extended. Da, 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 da. Well, this is the first year in forever that that hasn't happened. We're actually seeing an increase in market uh, activity. We're seeing an increase in listings, which is good because that obviously will be an increase in expired listings, which will help many of you. Go on, go forward, and go conquer. The bottom line is, guys, is we are building momentum into 2015 as an overall market recovery continues versus having to basically rebuild your business at the beginning of next year, which leads me to a really important point, and then we're going to get back to our uh, points from the previous days. Uh, You must be building your business this time of year. Any top producer will tell you, One of their biggest secrets is that they know that their next year begins uh, in the previous quarter of the previous year. So in other words, your 2015 is effectively already started. If you want to ensure that you're going to have a fantastic next year, the best year of your life, and hey, why the hell not make it the best year of your life? The best year of your life for travel, the best year of your life for personal experiences, the best year of your life for building your net worth, the best year of your life for your whatever, anything and everything. Why not make 2015 the best year ever? And guys, like it or not, you need to have a lot of money, right, to have a lot of fun, to have a lot of experiences. It makes life easier. More money is better. If you think that that's not true, it's because you haven't had more money. Have more money, and you'll realize it's better than less money. Twice on Sunday, every single day of the week, that will always be true. So bottom line, your next year has begun. Your momentum has to continue, because I know a lot of you guys are having your best years ever. Your momentum has to continue. Yes, we're coming up against the normal slowdown type of things that we come up against every, every year this time. You have the holidays and this, that, and the other. So before we get to our next point, point 12, I'm going to give you guys a little advanced coaching here, and I want all of you to take this very seriously. First of all, you need to set a goal of having actual listing inventory going into next year. Um, take the most number of listings you've ever had at once and double it. Whatever that number is, have that as your goal. If you've had one listing, then you need to have two in the, going into next year. If you had 10, you need to have 20. So take the most number of listings you've ever had before and then double it. Okay? Keep that in mind. That should be your minimum standard. That should be your minimum goal. I want you to next... Take, get a, a calendar 
and I want you to mark off the days that you're going to be working. They're not as many as you think. Yes, I know we have the rest of September, we have October, we have November, we have December. But realistically, how many working days do we have left? Even though you might be at work, no one else is going to be at work. No one's going to want to meet with you to list their house or to buy a house, or very few people anyway. So the reality of it is, is if you look at a calendar and you take off maybe two weeks for December, and I realize that many of you are not working at all in December, but let's say the last two weeks in December, the last two weeks in November, the last maybe week around uh, Halloween, which usually rolls into the first week in November, then you take off the weekends that you won't be working, you take off the days that you're going to be traveling, you take off the days that you're going to be, you get the idea, do a real be honest with yourself about how many actual days you're going to be working the rest of the year. Chances are, and this is the scary truth, it's probably around 45 or 50 days. That's true. So the key is, is to have a specific goal, double the number of listings you've ever had before, carry that kind of inventory going into next year. Some of you, that feels overwhelming. Some of you, you're saying, oh, shit, Tim, I've worked so hard this year. I've had such a great year. I don't want to be working this hard that time of the, this time of year. This is the time of year when I want to kick back. Okay, I appreciate that. Believe me, I do. That's the reason you're scheduling the days that you're not going to be working, right? There's three and a half months left this year. Realistically, 45, 50, maybe if you're a hard worker, 60 working days left this year. So you're going to have tons of time off, like it or not. So don't use your uh, incredible year as a crutch not to have an incredible next year. Double the number of listings you've ever had should be your goal. Next uh, bit of this assignment is going to be take a calendar, mark off the days you're not going to be working, the days you are going to be working. On the days you are going to be working, your minimum standard should be to make the number of contacts every single day that's the same number as the number of listings that you want to have going into next year. So if you want to have 10 listings going into next year, then you need to be making 10 contacts a day. If you want to have two listings going into next year, two contacts a day. Do not do this around buyers. Do not try to build your real estate business around buyers. That is called insanity. Build your listings around learning. Uh, build your business around being a listing agent. So those simple three things, guys, if all of you do that, you will have your best year ever. Allow yourself to think big and then think even bigger. Hey, guys, here's a simple fact. You're dead a real long time and you only live once. You're dead a real long time and you only live once. So why not do what's necessary to make next year a fantastic year? How will you feel January 1st as everyone else is making their New Year's resolutions to do this, do that, and do the other thing that you know you have inventory that's going to carry you with momentum into the year? How will it feel not having to start the year wondering how the heck you're going to do it all over again? I remember that feeling quite well when Julie and I sold real estate until we learned the secret about the second year in our business because we noticed that after Halloween, no realtors were ever at our REMAX office. The only realtors that were actually there were the two or three that actually were professional agents who made a consistent living at it, and they were working harder. Another advantage to working this time of year, and I, you know, this is going to be something a lot of you are going to maybe have some conflicts with, but I don't care. It's the truth. Many agents, even though they consider themselves part-time, I'm so, sorry, full-time, really are only part-time. Again, getting back to my example, count the cars in your parking lot after Halloween. It'll be like you know, 10% of the cars will be there. How many of your brokers basically have holiday hours? What message does that send to your marketplace about how professional you guys are that you have holiday hours? The Jiffy Mart is open 24-7, but your real estate brokerage is only open for three hours a day. I wouldn't do business with that brokerage, would you? So here's what happens, the other little hidden benefit of really drilling down and working this time of year. Your competitors, 
they're they're basically going into hibernation. They're you know even the ones that call themselves full time, they're really not going to be working that much. Okay, God bless them. We'll see you in the spring. Next, you have what? You have the uh, fact that there's going to be an increase in expired listings from all the listings that were overpriced at the beginning of the year. You're already seeing that. Don't be freaked out about it when you look in your MLS and you notice these things. And the other thing that's very interesting is that you have sometimes some of the most motivated buyers and sellers this time of year who have to get their homes sold or want to be in their house before, you know, new house before January 1st. The activity is there. If you don't believe me, get into the MLS from last year and count how many closings were happening in the fourth quarter of 2013, in the first quarter of 2014. Thousands and thousands and thousands. So make some of those yours. So, Julie, do you have any interesting stories before we get to point 12? Because I know you've been on coaching calls all day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all of these points that we're talking about, it's such a fun week for you and I because we get to present some of the most important topics and points and things that we have a lot of passion about for all of our great clients. And I think one of the things that I hear a lot, and I know you do this time of year, especially amongst, I mean, it's most of our ages, probably 99% of the people we're coaching are indeed having their best years ever. But, you know, that's taken a lot of work, and it's getting to be about fourth quarter. And we're looking at the holidays, and it, they're fighting this sense of exhaustion. You know, what's next? Am I going to really meet or exceed those goals? And I'm tired, and I need a break, and all these things, especially our clients who have had to deal with kids going back to school and kids in multiple schools. You guys have gone through a lot in the past three weeks. So it's okay if you give yourselves a day or two off, but don't give yourself the month off or you'll wreck your fourth quarter. So there's a lot of keeping track, a lot of you know keeping the motivation going. So that's what I'm hearing. It's psychology, isn't it? Yeah. I think we have it's honorary psychology PhDs at this point. Yes, well, you know, it's being counterintuitive too, guys. A lot of the advice you hear from us is counterintuitive. It's like the complete opposite. You know, it's like the teams thing that we talk about on a regular basis. You know, guess what, guys? The top producing realtors in the country, the guys making the most money, and I'm not talking about the guy, the you know, the brokerage that has a team where they earn a million dollars in GCI. Woohoo! I'm talking about the individual agent who earned five million dollars to themselves. Okay, they don't have teams. Guys, trust me when I tell you the team thing is a passing fad. And, oh, yeah, I know that's offensive to a lot of you because you got I'm, – I'm just like – I'm insulting someone's religion in some cases when I say that. But it's true. Why? Because people that are really, truly focused on what matters most in this business know that they can be much more profitable when they don't have a team. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about point number 12. According to the National Association of Realtors, only 10% of agents complete an amazing 90% of all transactions because they have a coach. If you want the production and performance that comes with being a top producer, then you need one too. Not just any coach, but the leaders in coaching today, Tim and Julie Harris. Don't just take our word for it. Listen to what HGTV star and Atlanta top producer Colette McDonald has to say. Hi, my name is Colette McDonald, and I'm with Remax in Atlanta, Georgia. I just wanted to take a moment and give a shout out to Tim and Julie Harris. I've been a coaching client of theirs for the last four years. When I first started in this business 12 years ago, I was very successful, did a great amount of business, averaged between 8 and $10 million a year. When I contracted with Tim and Julie to be my graduate-level coaches, my production increased by 20% per year. I am now trending 30 million this year. 
That's amazing results over four years of working with Tim and Julie Harris. I highly recommend them. Tiger Woods has a coach. And why does he have a coach? Because he can't see his swing. If you do what they tell you to, you will see huge results. I am living proof. Only Tim and Julie Harris provide powerful one-on-one coaching along with all the lead generation systems, scripts, presentations, team building, and business planning tools you need to dominate your real estate market. We offer affordable pricing with no long-term contracts, and our entire coaching staff are trained professional agents with top producing track records. Take action now and visit us online at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. There's no risk, no obligation, just a free, personal, one-on-one call with a trained professional coach. Join the elite 10% of agents who make all the difference in today's market. Visit freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Okay, we are back. Now, delay point number 12, and this is a really important point, one of your favorite points I happen to know. Point number 12! Yes, point number 12. It doesn't sound like that exciting of a point, but it is so incredibly critical for all of you in every way. Having a system, again, our point is what do the top 1% of agents know that maybe you don't know that makes all the difference? They actually have systems versus winging it on everything all the time and having to recreate the wheel. I have many, many examples of this, and you tell me which you would like me to focus on, but really systems... You know, we need to have systems in real estate for even writing contracts. Some of you guys get burnt on your deals because you do things verbally. Have a system for actually writing a competent contract. How about a listing presentation? Do you do it the same way every time because you know it works and you know you'll take the listing? Or do you have 17 different ways you do things depending on the situation and how you know them and all these other little weird over-prequalifications that you do? Do you send a pre-listing package every single time, even if it's your mom's house? These are systems that save you time, systems that are proven, that work, that give you confidence. The pre-listing package, I always think of the Red Bull commercial, right? It gives you wings. The pre-listing package gives you wings. If you're not, you know, you're like, you don't even have wings. You can't even say you're winging it. You're just sort of praying to the real estate gods that maybe you'll luck out because they like your personality. That's not a system. Well, you know, Julie, here's an awesome and true and wonderful and exciting, you know, you and I have been talking about this, uh, the experiences some of these agents that are having that are coaching with our company is they've, um, some of them are new, some of them are part-time, some of them are full-time, some of them, you know, have been in the industry forever, but they've never actually had a pre-listing pack. Guys, our pre-listing pack is copyrighted, and yeah, if you try to steal it, trust me when I tell you we're going to go after you, because it is that critical. It's that important. Julie and I created all this stuff from experience, not just selling real estate, but also from coaching realtors. It's been proven to work in every single price range, every single market. It is absolutely the knockout blow when it comes to taking a listing. So here's what happens. You know, a lot of agents, even if they've been in the market or in the business forever, they don't have a listing presentation. They wing it. They will count on their personality, bonding. They'll count. They just don't have a pre. They'll have maybe a folder full of crap that they give the seller that they know the seller is never going to look at. You know, there is no organized uh, presentation. They live in fear of coming up against objections. You know, they live in fear of all the types of normal things that happen during a listing presentation. And oftentimes, that fear is the very thing that keeps them only pursuing sellers that they have a personal connection with and never actually stepping stepping into the arena 
strapping on their gladiator outfit and going to battle. You know, so I had a, Julie, I had a uh, coaching client. I didn't tell you this. This happened today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second coaching call. He is, I think he was either, I think he's a brand, he was a brand new realtor. So as I love doing, I threw him in the deep end and had him start calling expires right away. He Mm -hmm. took a listing, but that's not the cool Mm -hmm. part. Ready for it? He took a listing. He listens to the radio show too. So he took a listing and he competed with five other realtors. Mm -hmm. Now he, so brand new realtor. First time calling expires, sets a listing appointment, takes the listing in competition. He told me he didn't have the listing presentation. He didn't have it memorized. He didn't have. He didn't know all the pages, how to present all the pages. And he did. He basically, he's new. He had a whole bunch of excuses not to be hitting out of the park. Called expired, took a listing, competed against five other realtors. The pre-listing pack got it for him. The pre-listing pack answered all the questions, took care of all the objections in the seller's mind before he even got there. He had a system, our system, that he put into action. Guys, listen, the simple fact is, is that professionals don't wing it. They have a system that they count on. Joy, point number 13. Point number 13 is to have daily minimum standards versus having the thought, what's a daily minimum standard? (laughs) (laughs) So the top producers are pretty crystal clear on that. What's a daily minimum standard? I had uh, several conversations with coaching clients about daily minimum standards today as it related to their feeling of being bored or burned out or things like this. And the conversation was that there's two sets of daily minimum standards. You have one personally, and you have another set business-wise. So business-wise is things like relentless lead follow-up with intent to set appointment every single day. See, some of you guys, you know, when we ask you about your leads, you got stuff laying around, written in different places on your drip systems and your top producer and all these things, and you don't even really have a grasp of what's a lead and what's not a lead, but when you practice relentless lead follow-up every day as a daily minimum standard, a miraculous thing happens. Number one is you find out what you actually have and what you don't have in the pipeline, and number two, it cuts down on the required follow-up time, right? So when you do it every day, you might only have to spend a half an hour to an hour a day if you're doing a good job on it versus having no clue and feeling like it's this massive event, right? So that's a business minimum standard. A personal daily minimum standard would be something like exercise, reading, meditating, listening to powerful things instead of turning on the news and feeling negative for the rest of the day. So daily minimum standards. You follow some of these things anyway, at least hopefully, without even realizing it. Things like taking a shower, brushing your teeth, getting up at a certain time, you know, those are daily minimum standards, but we want to take them to the next level. So, again, you have personal, then you have business. A business minimum standard would be uh, your number of contacts. Remember, the number of contacts is related to the number of transactions that you want to do. So tie it to a number. Track what you're doing. Know what your daily minimum standards will get you. And realize, of course, it works. If it didn't work, things like daily exercise wouldn't cause you to lose weight. So daily lead follow-up causes you to earn more money. Daily contacts causes you to have more listings. It's so much easier to do it daily and rely on the accumulation effect, the accumulation of your work, versus having all these weird things in the back of your mind like, oh, my God, I've got all these leads to follow up on. I don't really know anything about it. Or what's going on with you know, getting more listings? How am I going to do that? Well, if you're not systematized and you don't have any daily minimum standards, well, no wonder you're operating like a normal quote, you know, average agent going from deal to deal or a handful of deals to a handful of deals. So when you practice daily daily minimum standards, it's easier. 
having daily minimum standards, guys, some of you will never be able to follow a schedule. And honestly, after doing this for 10 years, I have kind of given up on trying to get realtors to follow a schedule, honestly. Now, we tell you guys to lead generate and do all those things in the morning. Why do we tell you to do it then? Because there's an excellent chance that if you don't do it then, you're not actually going to get the most important stuff done first. But in this day and age, uh, honestly, most people become agents because they don't want to have, a, have to have a schedule. I get that. I appreciate that. But you have to still have daily minimum standards. So if you refuse to follow a schedule, then you at least have to assign specific daily accountability to your standards. You know, Julie mentioned contacts, right? So if your goal is to have 10 listings at all times, then you want to make at least 10 contacts at, at every single day. You get it? You've got to make these things consistent. You have to do it every single day. So don't pick too many daily minimum standards because you'll always feel overwhelmed. Pick three to five. The three to five things that matter most in your life that will move your business and your personal life in the direction that you want it to go. You know, I always coach my agents to always show gratitude towards the people in your family. Literally tell your husband and your wife every single day that you love them, that your kids that you love them. Pray or meditate every single day so you can keep your spirituality in balance. These things matter. Make your contacts every single day. You know, X number of contacts. You choose the number. Another daily minimum standard that all of you guys should have it's following up on all leads within 60 seconds of receiving the lead, within one minute of receiving the lead. Um, another daily minimum standard, you guys can choose the three to five, right, that fit your goals the most, is you never leave a voicemail unanswered or an email unanswered by the end of the day. Now, if you're doing huge amounts of volume, then obviously you want to have your assistant do it, and you make that a daily minimum standard for your assistant. But the bottom line is, is every successful person, whether they call them daily minimum standards or not, have daily minimum standards. So you need to adopt some yourself. Next point, Julie, point number 14. Point number 14 is have multiple ways of servicing, servicing a seller versus just one. So what do you mean by that, having multiple ways of servicing a seller? We hear about this week after week. Well, okay, so most of you guys don't have a plan B if the seller doesn't want to sell, right? Or if you go on a listing appointment and the seller's underwater in their house, you don't know how else to service the seller. We told you guys years ago to always have it be Tim and Julie Harris real estate uh, and management, right? You'll get more business that way because when people see you offer property management, when you go on a listing appointment and you know the seller's underwater or you're talking to somebody at Starbucks and they're almost underwater in their house, you have to have different systems in place to service those types of sellers. Otherwise, you're useless. So you definitely want to basically be able to learn different ways to be of service to the seller. Sometimes, I'll tell you, I'll give uh, Valerie Fitzgerald, one of our superstars, you guys know her because she's on Bravo. She's got one of those TV shows. So she's up in uh, L.A. And when the market changed up in L.A., you know, every one of those sellers and those, you know, multi-million dollar houses, a lot of those sellers, they don't have to sell. It's one of many homes that they own. And... Uh, she, basically, she'd go on these appointments. She'd say, guess what? The house is worth uh, less than what you paid for it. And they'd say, well, I want to lease it. Now, had Valerie said, well, I don't want to do leasing. I just do sales like so many of you guys do. She'd have been out of business. But she said, fine, we'll lease it for you. And then what happened? When the market returned, which it has with vengeance up in that market, what do they do? They are now listing those properties with who? Valerie, because she's able to offer more services. So you guys need to expand your mind into all the different ways you can be a service to your sellers, not just you know putting it in MLS or working with a buyer. 
look at all the different uh, services that you can offer, and that way you'll attract more people to you. As I say it, doesn't, sound, doesn't it sound kind of like common sense? And yet, a lot of agents don't do it. Next point, Jules. Okay, so next point, number 15, is that the top producers, the top 1%, don't believe in branding versus thinking you have to be famous to be successful. You know, you guys spend so much money on branding and all these, you know, sparkly things, and yet, you know, those same agents are like, where's my next deal going to come from? How, if I just do more branding, if I just build my website out, well, how are you going to get people to go to your website? All of these types of things versus simply picking up the phone, doing your lead follow-up, talking to expireds, doing all the different spokes. We teach over 50 different pipelines of business that are more direct than just going out and branding yourself and are much more uh, directly responsive and faster than rolling the dice on things like that. Does that make sense, Tom? Do you know why the advertising uh, industry, what, what they refer to as branding, anything that they can talk you guys to spend money on, anything that you can't track, right? So if you ever no, – you guys should have fun with this. Anyone who's been in the business for a while, you've been solicited by someone that wants you to run a magazine ad in some whatever it is, right? And then you basically will ask them for some level of accountability for the usually ridiculous amount of money they're asking you to spend. And then they're going to always fall back on, well, this is for your branding. Aren't you doing any branding? So here it is, guys. Branding is bullshit. It just is. In the real estate business, branding is bullshit. You are, if you're thinking that becoming famous is what's necessary for you to actually make a lot of money in this business, that is not true. And yes, you might become famous, but you not, don't, won't necessarily have any money. Don't connect the two. If you have this unbelievable desire for everyone to know your name and for you to be famous, I wish you luck. We're not the right coaching organization for you, but you know, go down the path of following that. Have your big team that you can brag about. Show, you know, show yourself in some sort of big, grandiose way if that's what you need to feel good about yourself. But the reality of it is, is you're going to be spending all of your money trying to placate your ego, and at the end of the year, you're going to have nothing to show for all your effort except more people are going to recognize you. Big deal. See, guys, deal. this is the type of thing that's insidious in our industry, which makes my teeth itch, and it happens all the time. So branding, you know, a lot of times team building, all these types of egoy products that you guys are sometimes attracted to, you've got to be real clear in your head that those things do not make you money. They don't. They don't make you money. They're just there to basically make you feel important. I'll tell you how you become famous. You become famous by helping a lot of people. You become famous from your soul signs. You become famous from, I'm thinking of uh, Jade, the number one agent in the country who we interviewed a couple Fridays ago. You know what? She doesn't do a lot of branding. She doesn't do a lot of marketing. But people seek her out because she has a reputation of delivering quality service and people trust her. That's how you ultimately become famous. Buying your, you know, I, I, urinals, bus bench signs, billboards, all these egoy things that realtors do. If you ask those realtors, do those things generate business? They're going to always say yes, but then you say, okay, show me which closed transaction you've actually done that came from the urinal ad that you did at whatever you know, restaurant, and they won't have an answer because it doesn't work. Okay, I, I'm using a funny example for urinals because I see that sometimes. That's real. You know, it's crazy. We're not making that up. Yeah, or you go to the grocery store, though I haven't really seen the grocery store uh, cart ads come back yet, but I'm sure they will. And people pay, agents pay this huge amount of money to put their face and their name right where people drop their baby's butt. 
You know, these things are just humorous right. to me. In any event, uh, Julie, next point, mm-hmm. point number 16. Okay. Delegating does not mean what we like to lovingly call seagull management. Seagull management is you fly by, you poop out some tasks to your, quote, team, and then you hope that they get done, and then you remember about it three weeks later and attempt to hold them accountable. So delegating, and I know it's, you guys that are building teams, and you're going to delegate everything and then go sit around on the beach. Really? Do you really know agents that actually do that? Not very many. So delegating, yeah, you can delegate some things using your system to your transaction coordinator, for example, but you're not going to delegate your whole business. Do you think your sellers really like being delegated? Do you know what the most common reason that agents win a listing presentation versus someone who has a team? Because they're going to take the responsibility, and they're not going to delegate that seller to their team to be managed by their team. Uh, one of my clients, Tim, just took a listing for somebody that was about to expire, and the person said, I listed with who I thought was a top producer because they promised that their team would take care of me, but every time I call their office, I get a different person and a different story. So I'm firing them because I don't believe that I'm being taken care of. Yeah, how about that? You know, here's the other thing. We, we A lot of uh, Keller Williams agents, you guys are the ones that are – I know you guys are getting this information constantly – but I really want you to can I listen to what I have to say here. You are being – a lot of pressure is being put on you guys to build teams. You need to really ask yourself, did you get in this real estate business so you could essentially become like a mini broker? Does that really make sense? Is that why you got in this business? So people think for some reason that if all of a sudden you're not the one working with the sellers, for example, because our focus is obviously on teaching you guys to take listings and being absolute listing machines – and then now instead of working with sellers, the guys that are actually going to get you paid, you honestly believe it's a better use of your time to go and try to spend t- uh, your energy e- teaching agents to work for, on behalf of those sellers or work for those sellers. In other words, you can delegate the sellers to these underlings on your staff, on your team. Do you really believe that's the highest and best use of your time? The amount of time it's going to take you to cultivate, find, train, retain, all that, one decent staff member, you could have listed 100 houses. And then, by the way, that staff member, as soon as they're decent, is going to quit and do their own thing. And you be your see, competitor. It's, it's goofy. Don't do it. it is. Just focus. Do what the top – guys, you don't have to listen to me. Don't listen to me. Listen to the top producing agents in the country. No teams. They might have one or two assistants, but they are 100% focused on servicing their sellers themselves. Upper-end sellers – do not want to list with a team. They are, that is a trend. We've told you guys about this for two years now. List, uh, teams are a fad. They're a trend. The market doesn't want a team. The sellers don't want a staff. They want you. Or if they don't want you, you should figure out why. You know, get your act together, basically. So next point, Julie. Okay, next point is, not uh, the the idea of not sweating the small stuff. That's baloney advice. Of course you sweat the small stuff. Think about all the things that wreck your deals. We did a radio show about that. Think of all the things that drive you crazy. Isn't it all the small stuff getting out of whack? Isn't it all those little nitpicky things that are on your to-do list and the things that other agents drive you crazy with? Of course the, quote, small stuff matters. That's the stuff that makes you insane. And by the way, the small stuff matters a whole lot to your listing clients How many of you guys have gotten into it with a seller because they didn't love their MLS listing description? And you like to argue with them. 
It's their house. It's okay. So how do you get in front of that? Well, you have a system where you pre-write that with, this, with your seller. You send them to the ad. You ask them if they'd like to make any changes. Why? Because we know that they're going to want to, instead of arguing with them, systematize it out of your hair. Does that make sense? Of course the small stuff matters. Well, the small stuff is what gets you rich. The small stuff is yeah, what makes you doing different. Doing it right. That's right. I mean, you guys, I, all of you, if you have not read Steve Jobs' biography or listened to any – if you've never studied Steve Jobs, study him. The guy was fanatically obsessed with the details. And yet there was a book written about 20 years ago, 15 years ago, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff and It's All Small Stuff. The worst business advice ever. If you want to be successful, you sweat every detail. You sweat every single tiny thing in your business. Nothing gets by you. Everything is run through your mind. There is no such thing as a, someone who you've delegated something to that is not 100% accountable to you. There is no 100% delegation. You are the boss, which gets to our next point. Julie? Okay, the next point is team uh, versus being a boss. Weak people actually hide out in their, quote, teams. We see this all the time. You guys get driven crazy by the whole buyer agent team that you hired because they're not selling anything. Well, that's because you didn't train them because you yourself don't use buyer prequalification scripts, buyer presentations, or buyer contracts. What do you think is going to happen? Strong players want a strong leader. Your best listings, best meaning people who actually have to sell, want you to be strong. They don't want to hear, oh, I'll have my listing assistant take care of it. That's you know, that's a good way to get fired. So strong players want a strong leader. The same people that you want to be dealing with, very good quality clients who are motivated and believe in you and want you to do your job, those are the same people who will fire you by being delegated. So all, a lot of these points are related, but, you know, agents, it's funny, the agents who come to their calls and they're all about, help me build my team, you always ask them the questions, that very rarely are they doing any real volume. That's kind true. of weird. It is true. Well, it's because they're believing the BS that they have to build a team to be successful, and that's an absolute, you know, dream-destroying, career-ending lie. It just is, and it always will be. It always has been. So, in, you know, back to that point, right? So when you have when – you, forget the whole team thing. Accept the fact that it's a fad. Accept the fact that high-end sellers or any kind of seller doesn't want to list with the team. Accept the fact that they want to list with an individual practitioner who has staff. Now, am I telling you, is Julie telling you not to have people you can delegate to? Absolutely not. You need assistance. You're going to need, as your business expands, folks to do some of the menial stuff. But when you're talking to the seller, you have to make it really clear to the seller, Mr. Seller, I want you to be very clear. The team, or don't even say team, my staff is there to service me so I can focus all my energies on you. When you call and you want to be in contact with, uh, with regards to anything to do with your listing, you are only going to be speaking to me. I have my staff in place, my one or two and maybe three assistants, and that's all you'll ever need no matter how much volume you ever do. Those folks are there to take care of everything else so I can focus on what matters most, and that's getting your home sold for the highest price. If you guys think that any seller is going to be impressed anymore with your team and how this person is doing this and this person is doing that, they're not. You will lose, and you're going to find yourself competing 
against agents who are really good at explaining why a team is actually a disadvantage versus an advantage. And really, guys, it does really truly drill down. The best players, the best folks know that, uh, frankly, they don't want it. They want individual accountability. They want individual responsibility. They want to be held in, to individual standards and individual goals. Weak people like to hide in teams. You know, the best. If you guys have a team now, I have a little test for you. It'll tell you who your weak players are. Go to the, have a little team meeting, and ask them if they'd like individual goals or if they'd like a team goal. Okay, do that. That's what's going to be your homework. If you guys want to test my. Uh, barking about this whole team fad, go to your staff, ask them if they'd rather have team goals or individual goals. Every single one of them, chances are, are going to say they'd rather have a team goal. Why? There's no individual accountability. Weak people are attracted to environments like that because they can hide. Do you guys get the point here? And anyone that's ever run a business before, in a lot of cases, some of the most successful people are the people that are the doctors, the lawyers, the people who at some capacity have realized that they too are entrepreneurs. They're the ones with the houses that you're going to be selling. They know what I'm telling you is true. They know that, generally speaking, that a team automatically means a bunch of really, relatively low-skilled lackeys. That's the way it's been. That's the way it will always be. It's controversial. I know I realize that it goes against a lot of your guys' ways that you were taught and the way you want to believe is true. I'll ask you again. Look at the list of the top producing agents in the country. Don't just trust what somebody tells you because they're on stage or what you've read in a book. Actually go and call some of these guys yourself. Listen to the interviews we've done uh, on the radio. Challenge your own dogma so you can indeed make next year your best year ever. And why the heck not, guys? Going back to what I said at the top of the show today, you only live once and you're dead a real long time. So embrace the fact that pretty much everything – that you have been doing in your real estate business in the past to be successful needs to be challenged. That's your job as an entrepreneur. Everything that you think is perfect, you need to change it. You need to at least challenge it to make it, uh, to prove to you that it doesn't need to be updated. Your appearance, your presentations, the car you drive, your website, your scripts, your systems, the way you basically, your morning routine, your daily minimum standards, all those things need to be under review so that you can shake out the stuff where you become complacent, you can sharpen your saw, and you can make next year your best year ever. So listen, guys, I want to thank all of you because you guys have helped to make this the number one uh, real estate coaching radio show on the Internet, and that's fantastic. I mean, right now we're pacing to more than double the amount of total listens that we've had uh, well, basically, over the past two months, we're going to have probably more listens this month than we had in the past two months. And I know why, because you guys hopefully like most of what we have to say, but you're sharing the radio show. You're exposing your fellow agents to it. You're, you know, you're helping us get the word out about what an incredible opportunity the next seven to ten years is going to be in the real estate industry. Embrace it. You know, congratulations for making the right decision to get your real estate license. Now it's up to you to make the right decision to make the most out of it. Remember, guys, this is a not a numbers game. This is a people-helping business. If you're not experiencing the success you want out of your real estate business, the money you want out of your real estate business, if you've not you know, gone to the places in the world that you want to go to, if you're not wearing the clothes you want to wear, the watch you want to have, living in the house you want to have, providing for your loved ones the way you wanted to, all those things, it's simply for the fact that you have yet to embrace the fact 
that your success comes from you learning how to master the skills necessary to be in service to a lot of people. In other words, the more people you're able to service at a high level, the richer, fuller life that you will have. That's it. That's, that's the formula. If you don't have what you want in life, it's because you have not yet figured out how to essentially provide a product or service to enough people that they're willing to pay for it. Makes sense, right? You'll become a gazillionaire if you create something that a lot of people put value on. If you're not experiencing the best you possible, it's simply for the fact that you have yet to provide a service in real estate or product that a lot of people, that thousands of people hopefully are willing to embrace. Get it? If there's anything we can do for you guys, free coaching calls for agents.com, free coaching calls for agents.com, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.